Good morning. Thank you, Pastor Courtney. It is truly an honor to be here once again and um, uh, humbled by uh, the ministry entrusted unto us. And uh, only by the grace of God that we can stand here, that I can stand here in front of you and um, uh, praise God and um, lift up His name. And uh, truly, we're not worthy, but only... Uh, only by the blood of Jesus Christ that we can be righteous and cleansed. And so I submit to his kingship. So let us pray. Hallelujah, Heavenly Father. We ask forgiveness for all the sins that we have committed. We ask that you continue to mold us, guide us, lead our thoughts, our actions, our lips towards you, O God. And continue to embrace us. May you be magnified in our lives at this moment. And we just want to reach out to you and listen from your word. This we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. God bless you. God bless you, everyone. Um, today's topic is entitled, Joined Constantly in Prayer. Hallelujah. Joined Constantly in Prayer. And we will consider the... Uh, the text in Acts chapter 1. So if you have your Bibles with you, um, you can flip the pages to Acts chapter 1 or you can use your uh, Bible apps and go to Acts chapter 1. So allow me to read this. But um, we are going to uh, give an emphasis on verse 14. Here we go. Let's try this one if this is working for me. Here we go. So read with me with your eyes. I'm reading from the NIV version. In my former book, Theophilus, I wrote about all that Jesus began to do and to teach until the day he was taken up to heaven after giving instructions through the Holy Spirit to the apostles he had chosen. After his suffering, he presented himself to them and gave them, gave many convincing proofs that he was alive. He appeared to them over a period of 40 days and spoke about the kingdom of God. On one occasion, while he was eating with them, he gave them this command, Do not leave Jerusalem, but wait for the gift my father promised, which you have heard me speak about. For John baptized with water, but in a few days, you will be baptized with the Holy Spirit. Verse 6. Then they gathered around him and asked him, Lord, are you at this time going to restore the kingdom to Israel? He said to them, It is not for you to know the times or dates the Father has set by his own authority, but you will receive power... When the Holy Spirit comes on you, and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem, and in all Judea, and Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. After he said this, he was taken up before their very eyes, and a cloud hid him from their sight. Verse 10, they were looking intently up into the sky as he was going, when suddenly two men dressed in white stood beside them. Men of Galilee, they said, 
Why do you stand here looking into the sky? The same Jesus who has been taken from you into heaven will come back in the same way you have seen him go into heaven. Then the apostles returned to Jerusalem from the hill called the Mount of Olives, a Sabbath day's walk from the city. When they arrived, they went upstairs to the room where they were staying. Those present were Peter, John, James, and Andrew, Philip and Thomas, Bartholomew and Matthew, James, son of Alphaeus, and Simon the Zealot, and Judas, son of James. Verse 14, this is our emphasis here. They all joined together constantly in prayer, along with the women and Mary, the mother of Jesus, and with his brothers. In those days, Peter stood up among the believers, a group numbering about 120, and said, Brothers and sisters, the scripture had to be fulfilled in which the Holy Spirit spoke long ago through David concerning Judas, who served as guide for those who arrested Jesus. He was one of our number and shared in our ministry. Hallelujah. Verse 18, With the payment he received for his wickedness, Judas bought a field. There he fell headlong, his body just opened, and all his intestines spilled out. Everyone in Jerusalem heard about this, so they called that field in their language, Akeldama, that is, field of blood. For, said Peter, it is written in the book of Psalms, May his place be deserted, let there be no one to dwell in it. And... May another take his place of leadership. Verse 21, Therefore, it is necessary to choose one of the men who have been with us the whole time the Lord Jesus was living among us. Beginning from John's baptism to the time when Jesus was taken up from us. For one of them, or one of these, must become a witness with us of his resurrection. Verse 23, so they nominated two men, two men, Joseph called Barsabbas, also known as Justus, and Matthias. Then they prayed, Lord, you know everyone's heart. Show us which of these two you have chosen. Show us which of these two you have chosen to take over this apostolic ministry, which Judas left to go where he belongs. Then they cast lots, and the lot fell to Matthias, so he was added to the eleven apostles. Hallelujah. Praise Jesus. Praise the reading of his word. Hallelujah. Praise God. So today we are going to consider these uh, outlines that we have. We're going to talk about the content of disciples' prayers, constantly joined together, and the upper room, which is called Seneca. Senakel. I don't want to sound cynical, <laughs> but it is uh, pronounced, I believe, as uh, Senakel in Latin. means upper room, and then a common room for everyone, and of course, communion with God. Let's talk about the contents of disciples' prayers. What were they praying for? In verse 14, it says, They all joined together constantly in prayer, along with the women and Mary, the mother of Jesus, and with his brothers. 
most likely they were asking forgiveness for running away abandoning him remember before all of this happened when jesus christ was um, uh, uh, captured by the romans and everybody just left and fled and he was left all by himself so i would say that part of the content of the prayer could be that they were asking forgiveness for running away and abandoning him amen Asking for wisdom. Most likely, they were asking for wisdom to understand the ministry of Jesus and now entrusted unto them. Time and time again, throughout the ministry of Jesus Christ, he kept telling them about the ministry, about the kingdom of God. So, in a way, Jesus Christ was um, transferring all of this ministry, even beforehand, preparing everyone, uh, all the disciples, because he knows that someday he will be going up to the Father and they will have to continue the ministry. Amen. So most probably they were also asking for wisdom to understand the ministry of Jesus and now entrusted unto them as as explained in uh, Acts chapter 1, verse 6. And then also they could be uh, asking for direction. Amen? When we do our, um, uh, when we make decisions in life, when we want to go to the left or to the right in life, we, it is wise to ask for God's direction, not just for wisdom, but also God's direction. Asking for direction after Jesus was taken up to heaven, where would they go and what would they do? Everything is um, uh, questionable and um, not sure where to go afterwards. In, in fact, one of the disciples decided to go back fishing because he wasn't so sure what's going to happen. He was asked, where are you going? And then he said, I'm going to go fishing. Back to the same life, back to the, to the, the previous um, um, activities he used to do before the ministry and of course in this upper room a lot will be discovered and most likely they were praying asking for guidance guidance in choosing fellow workers who will also lead other future believers amen i pray in the name of jesus christ that the lord will grant us wisdom and guidance and direction as we choose our leaders our leader here in America and local leaders and other leaders that we need to choose and also the, the proper propositions that we need to vote on. Amen. So asking for guidance in choosing fellow workers who will also lead other future believers as explained or read in Acts chapter 1, 24 to 26. Now they were also praying or praying for being grateful for the opportunity to witness Christ taken up to heaven. Praise Jesus. Even Moses, even Abraham, and all the, the, the leaders in faith, the, the forefathers in faith, they wanted to see the Messiah right in front of them. And these uh, disciples, they were just grateful to see and witness Jesus Christ taken up into heaven. Hallelujah. And they were grateful to be commissioned as well. They were commissioned. From then forward, starting from Matthew, 
and to us right now, and to the generations coming, we are all commissioned by our Lord Jesus Christ. So they're grateful for that commission. Aren't we grateful for the commission given unto us? And they're probably also praying for this expectancy. They're expectant of the promised Holy Spirit. Remember in the reading it says, Hold on, stay right there, wait for the promise of the Father, of the promised Holy Spirit, of the promised Helper, of the promised Counselor. Amen? So, the promised Holy Spirit will descend upon them. And then, they were expectant to where and how the Holy Spirit will empower, lead, and mobilize them. Amen? Hallelujah. I don't think ministry will survive without the Holy Spirit. Or otherwise, it is just mere human strength, human knowledge, which is not enough. It's just earth's surface. Thank you for the ministry of the Holy Spirit. Next, we're going to talk about constantly joined together. These disciples, they were constantly joined together as you and I are. You may be there, we are here, but we are constantly joined together in spirit, in our thoughts, minds, hearts, and in prayers. First Thessalonians chapter 5, 6, 16, verse 18, 16 from 16 to 18, it says, Be joyful always, pray continually, give thanks in all circumstances, for this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. Amen. So they we're constantly joined together in prayers. As explained a while ago, we're not just here on Sunday, Sunday morning, Sunday uh, mid-service and uh, uh, the noon service, but we're also here on Wednesday. Um, we are constantly joined together, and I know some of you are gathering in midweeks, and some were gathering uh, almost every day. And I, I know some people are actually gathering every day. Of course, that could be your family or your friends or your uh, fellowship mate, amen? Or maybe your Bible study group that you uh, uh, meet online. Again, they were constantly joined together with their brethren, their, their friends, their fellow disciples, and so are we. In Ecclesiastes chapter 4, 9 to 12, it says, Two are better than, I said two, two. Two are better than one because they have a good return for their labor. If either one of them falls down, one can help the other up. But pity anyone who falls and has no one to help them up. Also, if two lie down together, they will keep warm. But how can one keep warm alone? Though one may be overpowered, two can defend themselves a cord of three strands is not quickly broken. Brothers and sisters, usually this part right here is commonly used in preaching and teaching and encouraging couples, especially the verse 12. Though one may be overpowered, two can defend themselves. A cord of three strands, strands is not quickly broken. Husband, wife, the third strand is none other than but Jesus Christ. But let me tell you, brothers and sisters, we, we can also use this for ministry. And in, in the ministry, there are some uh, who have lived uh, single the whole, the whole time, and they want to be uh, uh, blessed single, how do you say, blessed singleness, right? And uh, 
brothers and sisters, or maybe some of you are now widow or widower, uh, I tell you that you are not alone because Jesus Christ, the Son of God, God the Father, and God the Holy Spirit is always with you. Amen. So you will never be alone. You are not alone. Amen. Next, constantly join together with the family. With the family. My family, the rest of my family were actually in the Philippines. But we are joined together somehow, with, especially with the uh, social media now. Joshua chapter 24, verses 14 to 15, a, fa a familiar verse and a favorite verse of most households or every household that I know. Now fear the Lord and serve Him with all faithfulness. Throw away the gods your ancestors worshipped beyond the Euphrates River and in Egypt and serve the Lord. But if serving the Lord seems undesirable to you, then choose for, you, for yourselves this day whom you will serve, whether the gods your ancestors served beyond the Euphrates or the gods of the Amorites in whose land you are living. But as for me and my household, we will serve the Lord. We, we had an emphasis on this for the past teachings of Pastor Courtney, and um, it's just a wonderful teaching that we had. You can always go back to that. But I tell you, brothers and sisters, you and your household, and our household, we will serve the Lord. Amen. They are constantly joined together with the Holy Spirit. With the Holy Spirit. A gathering of Christians, of believers in prayers with the Holy Spirit. 1 Corinthians chapter 3, verse 16. Don't you know that you yourselves are God's temple and that God's Spirit dwells in your midst? Amen. This is God's temple. We are God's vessels. Philippians chapter 1, verse 6, it says, Being confident of this, that he who began a good work in you will carry it on to completion until the day of Christ Jesus. Hallelujah. Praise you, Jesus. Constantly joined together with the family, with the friends, brethren, with the Holy Spirit, and now for the Holy Spirit. For the Holy Spirit. Because we are here for God's purpose. Philippians chapter 2 verse 13 says, For it is God who works in you to will and to act in order to fulfill His good purpose. Amen? We are created for His purpose, brothers and sisters. And we should be thankful for that. Now the third. Upper room. In Latin is called... Senakel. Let me just uh, pronounce that properly. Senakel. I think that's how they pronounce it when I check the, uh, you know, every, you can Google everything and check the uh, pronunciation. <laughs> Senakel means upper room. And uh, it's also known as the dining room. And it's just um, uh, amazing how the dining room could actually turn into a, uh, uh, um, a place of worship. A place of worship and a holy and sacred place. And Seneca is also a, um, uh, a place of retreat for the nuns. And uh, if, you have, if you have gone to uh, Israel, they'll show you a, um, um, a, what they call upper room. 
not really sure if that's the actual room that they had before, but nevertheless, it says in the Bible, they were able to hold 120 believers inside the room. So it's a big room. I call it the, the function room or a banquet room. So, um, you know, I was wondering who is the owner of that function room, of the upper room back then during the disciples' times. My, my guess is probably Nicodemus or Arimathea because there are the people, uh, the believers in the group that could actually afford all of these um, uh, properties at that time. Remember, in fact, uh, Joseph of Arimathea's tomb was lent to uh, uh, Jesus Christ's body uh, so that it will be used for his burial. So I would assume one of these guys or others would have probably provided this upper room. But nevertheless, a regular dining area turned into a sacred room. Upper room was a sacred place. Upper room where is where they broke bread with Jesus. It's also where he satisfied their doubts. Remember Thomas and the disciples actually um, um, uh, had a little bit of a discussion with the ladies. So it is in the upper room where he satisfied their doubts. It is in the upper room where the promised Holy Spirit descended on them. Hallelujah. It is in the upper room where they had breakthrough. Breakthrough. It is where they received instructions. It is where they voted. Remember in our reading, they prayed first before they voted. It is in the upper room where there was a lot of waiting, probably, uh, you know, just, you know, uh, waiting for the uh, uh, next uh, leading from God to come. And we know and we know that in this part, it is where uh, uh, the Holy Spirit actually led them. The power of the Holy Spirit led them to do the ministry by the instruction of Jesus Christ, of course. And then the upper room was the birth of Christian church. Hallelujah. Peter stood up there. Peter stood up there and then just um, uh, laid everything before them. And, of course, I would imagine that he was the one who actually... Um, uh, um, uh, led them to breaking of the bread and uh, preaching and teaching. And uh, in Acts chapter 2, if you remember, that he actually stood up and then explained and interpreted the speaking of the tongues. Amen. And um, in, it is also in the upper room. The upper room is not just the location, but it is also the state of one's heart before the Lord. Hallelujah. So it is not just a physical place, but we're talking about the upper room where we can meet God. It's a sacred place. Amen? Now, let's talk about the common room for everyone. Where is your common room? It is where you meet God. You probably do your Bible study there. You probably uh, 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 pray on bended knees. or you know, some. I, I heard that some actually have a place of um, uh, uh, they, they created their closet into a um, uh, warrior room. That is where they really bombard heaven and, and put their prayers uh, into the throne of God. So they have a separate place, a sanctified place, just 
for that person, for you and God. Where is your common room? Where you and the families meet together. You can meet with your family there and actually fellowship with each other. Excuse the, uh, the writing. There's some missing there. And then common room is where you meet friends, where you welcome your friends. Amen? We sang a while ago, we are God's friend as well. Amen? Hallelujah. Where is your common room? Could be, could also be in your house. Could also be upstairs of the building. We have our upper room right here. Actually, I call it upper room, but it's a PSOM room. Could also be um, uh, in the virtual room, like you and I right now. I probably do not see you, but you see me. But we call this the virtual room. Let me call this that this is some, some, some type of upper room as well where we can meet together and lift up the name of Jesus Christ. Could also be the virtual room is the common room via computers, phone, etc. Brothers and sisters, I wanted to tell you something. Recently, for about a month now or so, I just joined this group of people, um, um, actually uh, called bloggers. I'm not trying to, uh, I'm not trying to, uh, you know, uh, um, advertise that. But I, I realized something about uh, blogging. It has taken so much of my time, actually, um, uh, um, having lack of sleep, just editing and doing all of this. I'm not, you know, I'm a first time. I'm a newbie. I'm telling you. But um, I'd like to say this to everyone out there, that um, there is so much noise in the, in the social media, in the computer. And um, in fact, I know people that they are quiet personally, but when it comes to uh, social media, they, they say a lot of things. They say a lot of things. We have this verse that says, out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. May I borrow that? Out of the abundance of the heart, the social media speaks, the TikTok speaks, the, the Instagram speaks. So much noise, so much pollution. May I also say, there's this verse that says, out of the same lips comes blessing and cursing. Let me say that again. Out of the same lips comes blessing and cursing. The Bible said, this should not be. Brothers and sisters, social media could come with a blessing. We could use that as an ally, not just a tool, to share the gospel. But in the same social media gadgets, there's so much profanity. There's so much garbage. There's just so much of uh, uh, negativity out there. We should be very careful and choose what we're supposed to uh, 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 write and share and publish. We have to be very careful in what we're watching and what, in what we are engaging in. Brothers and sisters, if we meet in the social room, in the virtual room, 
And we say that's our, that is our upper room. So we consider that as our um, uh, sanctified place, a sacred place where we meet our brothers and sisters and we share God in that. May we be very careful in what we put there and what we get from there. Out of the same social media comes blessing and cursing and profanity garbage. This should not be. Communion with God. Let's talk about communion with God. May the Lord God meet us in the upper room of our faith. Hebrews 11.6 says, And without faith it is impossible to please God, because anyone who comes to Him must believe that He exists, and that He rewards those who earnestly seek Him. Amen? May the Lord meet us in the upper room of our faith, and may the Lord meet us in our heart. Jeremiah 17 verse 10 says, I, the Lord, search the heart and test the mind to give every man according to his ways, according to the fruit of his deeds. May the Lord also meet us in the upper room of our life. In Psalm 139 verse 2 says, You know when I sit down and when I rise up, you discern my thoughts from afar. Hallelujah. No one can ever do that except for Jesus Christ, except God alone because He is our maker. Brothers and sisters, may the Lord richly bless you with this message. Heavenly Father, we thank you for speaking into our hearts that before anything else, we should pray in everything that we do. Continue to guide us. Continue to um, um, rule over us. Lord, may our hearts, minds, and thoughts, and deeds, our decision-making be, um, uh, be led by you. For we cannot do anything apart from you. May you be glorified in our lives. This we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. God bless you, everyone.